Okay, let's get started. When you play football, I'm talking about American football, not soccer. When you play football, you cannot hold the ball loosely. You don't hold the ball way out here for the other team to snatch it away. You hold it tightly, close to your chest. Don't like take cues from my stance. I'm not professional here. But you hold it close. It's your job if you have the ball to hang on no matter what, even if they're going to knock you down. In the Christian life, we're called to hold fast, not to a football, but to the confession of our hope. Now, let's be honest. When the way forward is difficult, we can often waver. We forget the hope that we have. We lose our grip. on all that we have in Christ and grasp for other things to hold on to. We can drop the ball and put our hope and confidence in all the wrong places. Maybe we look for the approval of others. Maybe we accumulate toys and treasures we try to satisfy our hearts with the things of this earth. We can tell ourselves, I've got this. I can do and be whatever I please. Maybe we tell ourselves, things will get better one day, and that's our, what gets us going, you know? Like that, one day I'm going to be retired kind of mentality, right? These kind of hopes might get you through a season. It might keep you going for a while. They're not a hope that endures. They're not the hope that we're to hold fast to. So today we're going to draw out what the Spirit of God is saying to the church in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. This is our, our monthly memory verse. And they're words that we need to hear often. Now before we read the text, I'm just going to give some context here. This is towards the end of the letter to the Hebrews, the author was writing to Jewish believers in Christ scattered throughout the Roman Empire. Many of them were facing great loss for following Jesus Christ. And the author, by the Spirit of God, has set out to demonstrate the supremacy of Jesus to point them to the one to whom they must hold on to. As we read 
in the very first chapter and the third verse. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And the whole letter goes on and Jesus' glory as God and Savior is demonstrated over and over in the letter to the Hebrews. Until in chapter 10, this letter culminates in a a marvelous declaration of good news. What is the good news? That believers in Christ, because of His sacrifice, because of His blood shed, can enter the presence of a holy God with a clean conscience. And so we read verse 19, Brothers, therefore, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus and no other way, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain that is through His own flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Draw near to Him, having that assurance in Christ, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And it is in light of this good news that we can draw near to God through Jesus Christ. We can have a clean conscience before God through Jesus Christ that we are then told Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So we're going to work through that. Just this one verse this morning. Notice first the phrase, let us hold fast. This is a command. given in the form of a plural imperative or a plural command. And so this isn't something that we should consider optional. This isn't a, well, maybe I'll hold fast the confession of my hope um, tomorrow, but today I just feel discouraged and I feel tired or whatever. What's facing me is just too much. You may not always feel full of hope. But you and I are commanded. We are called to hold fast to the confession of our hope. To not let go of our hope. To not forget it. To not trade it in for for a false hope. When we hold loosely to our confession of hope, Pull it off the shelf every now and again. 
That's not obeying the Lord. This isn't something optional. This is something that God calls us to each and every day. And it is secondly something that God calls us to together. This is the second of three commands that begin the same way. Let us. Let us draw near. Verse 22. Let us hold fast and Next month, we're going to consider verse 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. All of these commands are in the plural. Everything in this section is directed to the body of Christ collectively. That's to all of you. Myself. As well, this is not a solo project for us. Certainly, we as individuals ought to obey these commands. And we, a person might find themselves in a position where they have to do so and there's no uh, other believers nearby. Not able to fellowship in the normal sense. But... We're not to do these things in isolation from other believers. We do them when we're apart, when we're alone with God, and when we're together. And I think sometimes the together part is not emphasized. We'll have our thing with me and Jesus, but we won't really hold fast to our hope with one another where it's needed where we are to as it says in Hebrews chapter 3 we are to encourage one another daily the author of Hebrews is continuing to point the believers to our fellowship together that we are a body. That we should remember that. As we think of these things, it's not just an individualistic thing, but a community thing. Well, we'll return to that thought towards the end. But what is it then that we're to do? Let us hold fast. We're to hold fast or to hold firmly. You know, this is the fourth solemn command in the letter to the Hebrews to hold fast. This isn't the first time that this theme has come up. We're kind of coming in towards the end. But in chapter 3, verse 6, and in chapter 3, verse 14, and in chapter 4, verse 14, the author by the Spirit of God is calling us to stay the course. To keep holding on. It's not a one-time event and I'm okay. But it is a continuing to trust God on the basis of what He's done. 
once for all. Now in our verse, in Hebrews 10.23, the author adds the word that's translated unswervingly or without wavering. Now this word emphasizes for us the way in which we're to hold fast. We're to hold on and to stay the course, to remain steady, to remain fixed on the confession or the declaration of our hope. What we have confessed, our hope in Christ, we're not now to leave. Don't graduate from that. We continue to trust in Christ alone. Because He is our only hope. And the true test of a confession is whether we continue to hold on to our hope until the end. And it is by God's grace that He does continue to keep us. That He continues to at times, discipline us that we might trust in Him and Him alone. But that test, the test of a confession, is whether we're going to continue to hold on to that hope until the end. I want to dwell for a moment on the phrase, the confession of our hope. What is that? We could easily say, yeah, confession of our hope. Yeah, I'm holding on. But what, what is that talking about? Do we understand what we're saying? Our confession is, is this. It is what we believe. It is what we profess. It is what you hold to be true. Everybody in that sense has a confession. But what is their confession about? What is it that they're uh, holding to be true? What is it that they believe and profess to those around them? Our confession. What we believe and what we profess is a confession of hope. Hope. That is, it's one of confidence. It is one of full assurance that God is going to do exactly what He promised. The hope that we confess isn't arbitrary. It's not nebulous. It's not in the clouds somewhere undefined for us. fellow used to say to me, we don't live in fuzzy land. We don't live in fuzzy land here where our hope is undefined. Our hope is in Jesus Christ and what He has done. So it is that we're told 
in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, to consider Jesus. Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. You see that word? Of our confession. He is the one, Jesus Christ, the eternal sovereign God who created all things from nothing, who became a man that he might as our perfect high priest purify us from sin by his own sacrifice. He is the center of our confession. Jesus Christ. And the only reason that our confession is one of, of hope, of confidence, of expectation, Is because of his sacrifice. Once for all, Hebrews 10 14, perfecting those who are being sanctified. And it is because of his being not now dead, but that he is seated at the right hand of God. As the Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is of first importance, and he calls them to hold on to it. If you have not believed in vain, he says that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He rose again according to the Scriptures. This is our hope. Our hope is in Christ alone and what He has accomplished through His death and resurrection. Do you still doubt God? Sadly, we do. But turn back to Hebrews 10.23 and let's read the last part. For he who promised is faithful. And say that again. You join in with me. For he who promised is faithful. That is right. Our confession of hope is worth holding on to because our God keeps his promises. What God set out to do, what he planned to before time began has been accomplished in Christ who cried out on the cross, it is finished. The work was done in Christ. Those who are called by God, those who are chosen by Him, whoever would believe in Him, is justified and therefore sanctified, made holy, justified being declared righteous before God. And Paul can even speak of our being glorified, being raised up to that glory to which our Lord was raised. Because He is faithful. 
Because it is finished. Folks, this truth that God is faithful to keep all His promises is the only knowledge that's going to keep us going in hard times. When friends or family reject you, when mom dies, when your strength is gone, when your body's hurting, think of your situations. And again and again, in spite of whatever is going on in our lives, the scriptures tell us that God is faithful. God is faithful because He cannot deny Himself, Paul told Timothy. Our Lord always keeps His his Word. It's who He is. So brothers and sisters, let us repent of holding loosely to our, our hope. Let us repent of our quickness to doubt God's faithful love and know that He forgives, that His mercies are new every morning. I'm thankful Randy brought our attention to Habakkuk this morning. The prayer of Habakkuk is one to echo in our trouble. Chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. It's one that, as Randy reminded us, that we can personalize. We can think of situations that are uh, moments of famine and suffering. We have enemies. We have sickness. But we can hold fast to hope, hope in Christ, even though Habakkuk 3.17, even though the fig tree shouldn't blossom, though there be no fruit on the vines and the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food for us and the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Life at its best has moments like that. Moments that, as we learn in Habakkuk, that God allows for His purposes. He sends even wicked nations to destroy other wicked nations. But in the midst of this, in the midst of the turmoil of our day and the uncertainty of the future, the daily grind of your life, where are you turning? What are you holding on to? What keeps you going? The test comes when life becomes difficult. It comes when confessing Christ as our only hope is unpopular, to say the least. It certainly is today.
But every day, Christ calls us to hold on to the confession of our hope. And this means, at the very least, that we must know and recall and come back to again and again, every day, whether we're, again, whether we're alone, at home, whether we're at work, whether we're gathered together. When we're gathered together, what should be central to all of our lives is our confession of hope in Christ and remembering that Christ is faithful to keep his promises. We need to remember that. Remember him. Our only hope. That's why we meet for Sunday worship. That's why I really believe strongly that we should have family devotions and prayer as we're able with our families, their spouse, our children, to remember together the grace of Jesus Christ and what a sure hope we have in him. I want to close by giving you a tool, a question to ask, a question for us to come back to as a church. I'm sure throughout the coming weeks, I will bring it up again. It is a question to ask one another. It's a question you can come back to as a family at home. The question is, what is our only hope in life? And death. What is our only comfort in life and death? I want to see if my thing will work here. There you go. It's up on the screen. It's not a new question. Some of you know this as the first question in the Heidelberg Catechism. What is our only comfort? Is the wording used there? The answer, which I have simplified, is my only hope is that I am not my own. For I am bought with a price by Jesus Christ, my faithful Savior, who died for my sins and rose again. You think you can say that with me? It's up on the screen. What is our only hope in life and death? My only hope is that I am not my own, for I am bought with a price by Jesus Christ, my faithful Savior, who died for my sins and rose again. Amen. That answer comes primarily from two scriptures from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20, and 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4. It's one way of putting it, but it's a way for us to remember, to come back to, 
be able to ask that question of ourselves and of one another. What is our hope? And what is it that we bring people to when they're struggling? What is it that we come back to? We want it to be Christ alone. The only answer that a Christian can give is Christ alone. He is my hope. There may be days you don't feel like holding tightly to Jesus. In your heart of hearts, you may have to be honest that what you're clinging to is not your hope in Christ, but to your own desires. You may have to acknowledge before God that your anxiety, that stress that you're feeling, that you're not trusting God. That you're not turning to Him. And as you acknowledge that, as you recognize your sin, to be able to turn to God again, to confess your sins, to repent and believe in Christ, who is what? Remember? Who is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1 verse 9. God is faithful to forgive us when we come to Him again acknowledging that I dropped the ball. I have not been faithful. I have not held on to hope this week. You can come to Him and know that He is faithful and just to forgive us. And as we do that, and as we come to Him day after day, don't shy away from your only hope. Don't hold it loosely. Cling to Christ in your weaknesses, with your sin, come to Him. He is faith. He is our only hope.